Hi there, I'm mixed engine educator Liz Garofalo. You should just call me Hawkeye. And I'm field tech Lindsay Ware, putting the lens on things. We are Hawkeye and Lens. You're listening to the UMass IPM Fruit Loop, the podcast component of our Extension Fruit Team newsletter, Healthy Fruit. Today, we are going back in time as if it is March 24th, 2020. Dude, it's like Bill and Ted's. <laughs> it is. Far <laughs> out, man. <laughs> our goal is to keep you in the loop and provide you with the ability to listen to the most up-to-date healthy fruit news while you go about your day. Let's zoom in to current degree day accumulations. Hawkeye? As of March 23rd, we've accumulated 72 degree days, base 43 BE. That's Baskerville-Eman, AKA the sine wave method. This method is more precise than the basic maximum average method and assumes that the daily temperature cycle takes the form of a sine wave. But Lenz and I'll go into more details on degree days in a special edition of Fruit Loop another time. Note, apple green tip is estimated to occur sometime between 99 and 144 degree days. This varies by cultivar. Zestar, that's with an exclamation point on it, by the way, is early to rise, reaching green tip March 22nd in Belchertown. Macintosh, our area's phenological gold standard, is not there yet. Lens, more on those current bud stages? According to NUA, by March 30th, we'll have accumulated 131 degree days. Early estimations of Mac green tip are right on target. Hey, Lens, when you say green tip, what exactly do you mean? <laughs> um, so green tip is a growth stage of apple, which is considered to occur when 50% of the buds on the cultivar Macintosh are showing green tissue on the north side of the trees. Right now, Macintosh silver tips are making their debut from 58 to 106 degree days and green tip from 99 to 144 degree days. We'll keep you in the loop from green tip to harvest. Now, keep those degree days in mind as Hawkeye fills us in on possible upcoming pest events. Paracilla adults are estimated to be active between 31 and 99 degree days, and oviposition should begin sometime between 40 and 126 degree days. Green fruitworm first catch could be between 49 and 145 degree days. I think it's time to see things John's way. Lens? That's right. This fun segment is brought to you by Extension Educator John Clements. In his words, besides clearing up some confusion about our fruit team publications and subscriptions, John says it's kind of rough sledding in more ways than one, given recent storms and the new coronavirus. We hope everyone is weathering these storms well. UMass Extension and UMass Amherst in general have pretty much shut down all in-person activity. Extension Educators Liz, AKA Hawkeye, and John are currently designated as remote employees. Those who you are accustomed to seeing in the field are gonna have to work remotely from home. No traveling out or even in-state for now. As campus is officially closed, we're also not allowed to visit our orchard in Belchertown. However, faculty can travel some and conduct on-site research. Hourly farm management staff can work as necessary to ensure the 2020 fruit crop at the UMass Orchard is not jeopardized. Social distancing is encouraged for all. Hey, John says he does that anyway most of the time. <laughs> for all the gory details, you can visit ag.umass.edu and look for the update from UMass Extension on COVID-19 
impacts on services and resources. So for the fruit team, remote diagnostics, pictures, consultations, and any other advice we can dispense is on the table, but by voice, email, text, and whatever only. <laughs> More details can be found in this week's Healthy Fruit, the first of volume 28. I'll let Hawkeye fill you in on that. The New England Extension Fruit Team Specialists, John Clements, Dan Cooley, Jaime Pinheiro, and myself from UMass, Mary Conklin at UConn, Heather Fobert at URI, Terry Bradshaw at UVM, George Hamilton and Anna Wallingford at UNH, and Glenn Kaler and Renee Morin at UMaine have officially launched and minimally updated for 2020 an online edition of the New England Tree Fruit Management Guide. Hey, hey, Lens, you want to give us some more information on that? Um, sure thing. You can go to netreefruit.org to get the goods. The print version has been discontinued, although you may check with your local extension person to see if they have any print copies left. We do not. All right, a lot of changes, perhaps exponential ones. Let's talk about some predictable insect business. Our insect segment is brought to you by Dr. Jaime Pinero, and Hawkeye will dish out his etymology psychology for us. Thanks, Lens. Jaime is seeking collaborators for mating disruption research on oblique banded leaf roller. In 2019, the most challenging insect pests in Massachusetts orchards were codling moth and other lepidoptera. That's your leaf rollers and your oriental fruit moth. But then go ahead and throw in plum cuculeo stink bugs and mites in there for a little bit of fun. In 2020, we will address lepidopteran pests through field-scale research involving, one, the evaluation of novel lures for the potential trapping of female codling moth, leaf rollers, and oriental fruit moth, and two, mating disruption targeting oblique banded leaf roller. Mating disruption involves the use of sex pheromones to prevent male insects from finding females and mating. Pheromones of many different insects have been identified and synthesized. Mating disruption dispensers in the orchard mimic a calling female, attracting the male to many false sources, thereby confusing the male and preventing mating. It's downright trickery, but it works. For more details on this research, go to this week's Healthy Fruit. If you are interested in collaboration, you can contact Jaime at jpinero at umass.edu before April 3rd. So if you're listening to this now, that ship has sailed for the year, but stay tuned, there's more potential for the future. Nice. Thanks for the buzz. Next, we'll talk diseases with Hawkeye. Stay tuned. Our disease segment is brought to you by Dr. Dan Cooley and Liz Garofalo, our very own Hawkeye. Sanitation remains a critical first step to managing scab inoculum. Okay, so maybe right now isn't the time to pop out for a spin around the orchard with a flail mower. Maybe now is the time to do some snowmobile research. However, if you have not already, you should be prepared to implement sanitation strategies, specifically leaf chopping and or urea application, once orchard conditions allow you to do so. Even if you did some sanitation treatment last fall, another trip through with the mower is recommended, especially in places where leaves have piled up and were matted down with rain. These leaves may be an important source of scab spores. In Belchertown, from September 1 to December 31, we accumulated nearly three inches of precipitation more than our normal. Since January 1st, we have only accumulated 6.41 inches, leaving us nearly three inches short of the average so far this year. While there is a fairly solid snow cover in some places right now, it won't last. So far in our lab tests, we have not seen any ascospores. 
regardless of fire blight history, apply copper at silver tip to green tip every year and cover the whole orchard. Copper is primarily for use against fire blight. However, Epiphytic pseudomonas bacterium, which can cause blossom blast in apples, will also be knocked down with a copper spray. Your goal is to get enough copper coverage on all of the trees in your orchard to suppress the Erwinia and other pathogenic bacteria. Copper will also give some protection against scab, generally about five to seven days. Phytotoxicity can occur when copper is applied later than half inch green. Avoid copper and oil when temperatures are predicted to be near freezing as this can also damage leaves. If trees have not yet passed silver tip, the combination should be okay. Apply at least two pounds of metallic copper per acre. Most formulations have 20% to 50% metallic copper. Check labels to ensure copper concentrations are in this range. Lower concentrations, like products such as Cueva, are meant for summer application and have lower copper concentrations. Cueva has 1.8% metallic copper by weight. Compare that to Badge with 20% metallic copper. To get to two pounds an acre of metallic copper would require 0.9 gallons of Badge, but 12.5 gallons of Cueva. I'm betting the badge application is a lot cheaper and way more effective. Getting the copper into the cracks and crevices on trees is critical. So apply as a dilute a spray as is practical. Mix with oil, at least one quart per 100 gallons, though you can go higher if you're also trying to control scale and mites. Again, if green tissue is visible, watch out for freezing temperatures within 24 hours of this application. All right, that's the news on pests and diseases. Now. Let's talk horticulture with Lens. All right, thanks Hawkeye. Our horticulture segment is brought to you by John Clements. We urge you to read the March message for thorough plant growth regulator updates. Thanks to Dr. Dwayne Green. There is one new PGR, Protone, from Valent, now labeled for apple and pear thinning. John understands it can be a mild to very effective fruitlet thinner when applied at the traditional thinning window, especially 10 to 15 millimeter fruit size, and when under a carbohydrate deficit. Note the label indicates a 5 to 20 millimeter fruitlet size range, with one application generally being effective, although two applications are allowed. The label rate range is 6.6 .6 to 33.1 ounces per acre for both apples and pears which is equivalent to 100 to 500 parts per million at 100 gallons per acre spray volume. Thinking ahead, Protone is also labeled to assist with early defoliation of fruit trees, but let's not go there yet. The somewhat early spring has frost and freeze on everyone's minds. For more information and what to look out for, John provided some links in Healthy Fruit. Yeah, the growing season is off and running, and not just for our favorite child's tree fruit. Lens, what's going on in the small fruit? <laughs> our small fruit segment is brought to you by extension expert Sonia Shulman. So we're going to have fun with it and play a game of Sonia Says. Sonia Says mild spring weather has continued to push things along ahead of schedule. Check under the mulch to see if any new growth has begun. If new growth shows itself, remove the mulch or the plants and your yield will suffer. The kicker is, removing mulch this early leaves fields vulnerable to frost and freeze as we work our way through the next six to eight weeks. Sonia says be ready to recover the field or turn on irrigation for frost protection. In the world of raspberries and blackberries, buds are swelling and blackberries are showing some green. Sonia says that there's little winter injury this year in most cases. 
However, since we are running early, damage can still occur this spring if we have a freeze event after bud break, which I think we did. It snowed. That's right. It snowed. In like May. <laughs> Delayed dormant cane and spur blight applications are recommended where these were a problem last year and inoculum wasn't fully removed during dormant pruning. See the New England Small Fruit Management Guide for recommended materials and rate. Sonia says blueberry buds are also swelling. The pre-emergence herbicide application window is closing soon. You should check out the article in this week's IPM Berry Blast. The New England Small Fruit Management Guide, Bramble Weed Management Recommendations, also provides recommended herbicide materials. Sonia says scalp your field for scale insects. Dormant oil applications should be made soon too. Winter moth eggs may be ready to hatch but growers should wait a couple of weeks after egg hatch to apply controls if needed. Egg hatch usually coincides with red maple bloom, so watch for that. Then wait a while to see if spray is warranted since many areas have good control with the winter moth parasitoid Cyzenus albicans. Some plantings have shown a lot of winter injury and or cane blight. Sonia says prune as much of that out as you can. A dormant application of lime sulfur may still be possible but don't wait too long as the window for that might pass quickly. Other options might include hydrogen peroxide, peroxacetic acid products, copper sulfate products, or metaconazole products, which have a somewhat longer application window. The New England Small Fruit Management Guide also provides dormant and delayed dormant blueberry disease management recommendations. It's a bit early yet for mummy berry sprays. Apothecia yep. doesn't show up until forsythia is in bloom, which might be next week. And grapes, Sonia says vines are still dormant and we should be finishing up pruning soon. This is the part of the Fruit Loop where we start to simmer down in Hawkeye's corner. Here's Hawkeye with her notes from the field. Thanks, Lens. Pests will do what pests will do. Woolly apple aphid continues to be present. At harvest, the ashy, waxy secretions that give the sticky pest its name can accumulate on fruit. While not yet active, it's good to maintain an open canopy to increase spray penetration. Paracilla, on the other hand, are indeed on the wing. When adults are present and temperatures permit, a solid dose of oil will deter the overwintered adults from laying eggs. Get a jump on these buggers before they get a foothold in your pears. Days and bud stages will also continue to march on. If nothing else, we can rely on our trees in changing times. We also have a guest article on sanitizing measures. Spring Cleanup for Orchards from David Rosenberger in the Hudson Valley Lab, New York. Check that out in this week's Healthy Fruit. That's all for now, folks. We'll keep you in the loop. Thanks, Hawkeye. And thank you for listening to the UMass IPM Fruit Loop, the podcast component of our fruit team's newsletter, Healthy Fruit. Thank you to all members of the fruit team, all the growers, and to our sponsors. OESCO, Orchard Equipment and Supply Company Incorporated, Norse Farms, the New England Vegetable and Berry Growers Association, and the Massachusetts Fruit Growers Association. This is Hawkeye and Lynn's signing off. Be safe and be well.
So I can't help through this whole thing as we're recording like this past podcast, right? Ooh, it's a past cast. Past cast. <laughs> what is that from? It's driving me nuts. It's like I can hear it in my head and it's somebody talking about something like, I don't know if it's like Will Ferrell or some other comedian, but it's like some bit and they they do this. <laughs> Okay, you want to get her <laughs> talking to myself. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> Green tip is a growth stage of apple. Oh, <laughs> I just pictured you both as little remotes. <laughs> just, push, just push the buttons, you know. It's like I mean, you know, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> image <laughs> and buttons getting pushed. <laughs> I don't know why I just mucked that all up. For strawberries, check under the mulch to see if any new growth has been... <laughs> <laughs> growth? Check under the growth? <laughs> check under something for something. <laughs> I am Ruth. <laughs> Baby Ruth? <laughs> Strawberry Ruth? <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> 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 <laughs>